Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by the Sky Lounge and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, and Jesse Moffat Entertainment. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations and has been recognized by the Sioux Falls Stage Awards with a special distinction for promoting the arts. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome everyone to episode number 126. Thank you for your continued support, not just of this show about local arts and entertainment, but for the support of said arts and entertainment. The unpaid staff and I see you at many of the same events that we attend. Uh, by the way, this week's show is going to go above and beyond more like an hour and a half instead of just the Dave Holly Hour. So buckle up for three fun conversations, including actor Ezra Hunter, musician Billy Lurkin, and from Fun Time Photos, Link Wiley. Right there, that's plenty to celebrate, isn't it? Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. All right, depending upon what time of the day you are listening might determine what type of glass you lift. But you know me, the night before this comes out, I'm at home, safely ensconced in my own personal studio with Jasper Newton himself. Jack Daniels, Diet Coke and a lie. So that's what I lift up to confidence. Yeah, I thought we needed a good word, confidence. I uh, experienced seeing it and actually hearing it for the first time this past week with a young man that I've uh, had hanging around me for a little bit for oh, going on a good half to three quarters of a year that wanted to start his own podcast. He finally did a test run. He called it the pilot to the pilot. And when I heard it, I was like, who's this young man with all this confidence that has been finding a reason to kind of put things off and put things off? So to confidence, it's a good thing. And we're not talking about cocky. That's a completely different thing. It's great to be confident. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The Weekend Eve Toast has been brought to you by Ale Hop Brewery Tours. People are talking about how great it is using Ale Hop. On their Facebook page, here's what Tina had to say. Super fun and convenient. You can go out, have a good time with friends, and not have to worry about driving home. Best of all, it supports our locals. No matter what brewery in Sioux Falls is your favorite, Ale Hop Brewery Tours lets you and your friends choose any or all of the local breweries plus a distillery. Book your private tours online at alehopbrewerytours.com. If you're already out and about on the weekend, then hop on one of their public tours. Did you catch that hop, you know, Ale Hop? Okay, for more info, call 605-777-2183. That is 605-777-2183. Ale Hop Brewery Tours, where micro fans meet 
Micro Brews. Oh, what happened this past weekend that put a smile on the old man's face here? Well, improv comedy did. Improvinopolis is another troupe that has joined the Greater Sioux Empire improv scene. Took in their show last weekend at Remedy Brewing. Very enjoyable. Now, couple that with the Improv Falls show from a few weeks back, I have achieved more full belly laughs in four months into this year than all of last year. So thank you, Improvinopolis. Thank you, Remedy Brewing, for this latest round of belly laughs. Yeah. Applause for comedy on stuff that's made up on the spot. Always a good time. Speaking of good times, man, we've got three fun conversations for you today. Coming up later in the show, musician Billy Lurkin and from Fun Time Photos, Link Wiley. But coming up next, actor Ezra Hunter on the Dave Holly Hour. Hi, my name is Jesse Moffat, and I'm not a piano player. I'm a comic magician and hypnotist. I've been performing for over 20 years. I've performed at many events, corporate events, holiday parties, post-prom parties, graduation parties, state and county fairs, festivals, just about anything you can imagine. The funniest thing about the Magic Act is that I use a ton of audience participation, and that can make things really interesting. Put it down the front of your shirt. <laughs> Stop being so, I'm not, my hand won't follow. The best thing about the hypnosis show is that the volunteers and their imaginations really make it a blast. <laughs> Holy crap, dude, did you see what you just did? You could do that possibly to girls. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. Welcome back, everybody. Are you ready for it? I know you're waiting with anticipation, aren't you, for me to say it's always a pleasure to bring you more great conversations about Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment, and especially to bring you first-time guests. In fact, all of today's guests will be first-time on the program, but I doubt the last, especially for this young man, because just fitting him in the schedule was tough enough because Ezra Hunter... Have you had a full week off since the beginning of the year in no. terms of theater? I have any not. Any shows or anything? Nope. I didn't think so because uh, you were in Lombardi. Yep. Uh, fantastic job, by Thank the way. Thank you. And, and I, I told this to uh, Aaron Sharp, and I also told it uh, to, uh, oh, what's that guy that played the lead? Chris Andrews? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told it to him. I said, the, the mark of a good play uh, for that was the fact that uh, my wife is not a football fan. But she loved that show. It was just uh, so well done. And uh, everybody stepped up to, you know, sorry, there's a football play, but uh, we'll use a baseball analogy. Everybody <laughs> stepped up to the plate for that one because it was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think the great thing about every cast that I've been in so far is it just becomes a, a, a close family. And so everybody is just able to lift each other up in those moments and have the ability to give the community just great art to dive into and experience right and so then uh let's see then you're in rabbit hole yep okay 
Uh, and uh, now what's in the books for you? Well, now I'm down <laughs> over in Worthing at the Old Town Dinner Theater working on Caught in the Net. Um, it's a Ray Cooney uh, British comedy play. Really wacky, big farce. Always a good farce at uh, Old Town. Always. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that uh, we love about uh, going there. And uh, in fact, uh, we're going to be down there. We're, we're taking the gentleman of uh, Sioux Empire Theater. We're, we're taking Bob Nelson down there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My good bud. Yeah, that'll that'll be a fun time. Uh, ha hanging with him, watching you, and uh, see Aaron Sharps in that show. Yep. And, uh, oh, a lot of great people. In fact, uh, another one of your uh, um, castmates is going to be on here in a couple weeks yet. Oh. Yes. Miss Hendricks. Oh, Samantha. Yeah, Samantha's going to be on. So we'll, we try to cover it all here. But you single-handedly have been trying to do that since the first of the year. When will you take a break? Um, I don't see it coming anytime soon. Um, I'm really wanting to get into The Tempest with okay. Bear Bodkins. Um, I'm starting to write a script for a short film that I want to produce. Um, there I just is, There's no stop to you. No, my brain yeah. is constantly working through ideas, so it, there is never a break. <laughs> How long do you sleep, though? Do you at least get good sleep? Uh, six to eight I, hours. I try. Okay. I, so I get tired. I always worry about that. You know, when, when somebody's as busy of a person as you are or like Luke Tatchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, are they getting enough sleep? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have that going for you, at least. What got you into theater? And then we'll talk about why you're so driven. Oh, my goodness. Um, that is a great question because it's a long answer. Well, fire it away. It started when I was in high school. Um, I was really, really into sneaking my school laptop home and watching films on sites that maybe we shouldn't talk about. <laughs> um, but I really got into the idea of acting, watching Michael Keaton in Birdman or The Unexpected Truth of Ignorance and The Theory of Everything with uh, Eddie Redmayne and The Imitation Game with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And I started analyzing the films after enjoying them and how they're shot and produced and so then i wanted to go into filmmaking and so all throughout high school i'm working to get into this film school and then my senior year i had seen at the university of sioux falls you're a good man charlie brown and i just stopped and i was like man there's something cool and rich about the community at the university of sioux falls so I'm going to apply. And that was a, actually a very difficult conversation for my, my parents and I because, you know, they had wanted me to experience life outside of South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't ready for that. And so meeting Joe Obermuller, meeting all these people at USF and starting to dive into plays at school like Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, it really got me into wanting to understand what it takes to be an actor. To understand the craft part of it as well as, you know, how you want an actor to uh, react yeah. if you were making a film. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a very difficult decision, you know, because uh, there aren't film schools per se around here. We have a lot more going on in film in this area now than we certainly did a few years back. Uh, but by the same token, you know, there's a little bit of glamour to that of, oh, I'm going to go to film school and, and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you you You've been leaning that way for so long, and then 
wow, here I'm going to USF and all of a sudden I want to be on stage instead. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that decision ever. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously worked out well for you because you do a fine job on stage. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so uh, let's, let's talk about how driven you are about it then. Um, what do you think makes you tick so much of got to be on stage, got to be thinking all the time? Gotta, I'm, I'm still obviously, you know, you're, you're still in the mode of wanting to do some film with writing a, a short. Uh, so wh what is the impetus that makes Ezra Hunter go? I think it's just the idea of being an artist and creating something for people to experience and to learn from. Um, I, I do not take a break because there are always stories to be t like told. Mm -hmm. I loved Lombardi because deep down it was a story on overcoming winning, overcoming those demons of I need to be winning, I need to be winning, and doing what's right and what's fair and accepting that it's okay never to win all the time. With Rabbit Hole, man, it it's Rabbit Hole. It's a <laughs> tough play talking about grief. It's a huge uh, subject to take on. It, it is, and I I knew that I just I had to be a part of that to to tell a story, and I was very grateful to have that opportunity. And now with Caught in the Net, I'm really driven on. I need to figure out how to entertain people with through comedy. And I'm more of a dramatic guy, so mm -hmm. that's a real so challenge you had for me. Heavy's back to back. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I, I sit at home and I write in my notebook all these notes on, okay, so how do I deliver this? How do I deliver that? Who am I inspired by through the play? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but it's, it's a never ending game of, uh, of learning. What is it you feel you bring to a character? Oh my goodness. Honesty, I think, is one of the big ones. And love. You know, I really I sit down and I and I study who is the playwright writing. What do they do? You know, with Jim Taylor. It was great because I had real life research that I can find. And, you know, with Jesse Jensen, we were looking at stuff from the nineteen eighties talking about his football season and then with Jason Willett, I really had to be honest with myself that a part of me was Jason Willett at one point in time mm -hmm. and dealing with that heavy grief. And, and how do I safely portray that on stage? And now with uh, Caught in the Net, I, my honesty is I have to create chemistry with my, with my co-actors and create a new family and through that, it just makes the process of finding new choices so much enjoyable. But by the same token, isn't a lot of that uh, family coming back to you with how often you've been involved in plays and you're, you're acting oh, with yeah, a lot of the same people definitely. and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. And so that makes it easier, but it's fun to work with people that you never work with mm -hmm. because then they'll, they see stuff that maybe you and, you know, just for an example, Aaron Sharp don't see and they say, hey, try this. And so then you go up there and do it and it turns out they were right. Right. And just that level of trust is built even higher. And I, and I love that about working with people here in the city and in the community. Okay. Sidebar before we continue, we were both at Aaron Sharp's uh, house uh, a while back. How was the moonshine? Oh, it, it, it was good. <laughs> it was good. If I could remember. 
<laughs> well stated. I shied away from it. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, getting back to uh, just talking about acting in general, though, because, you know, well, that actually was part of, you know, how the family grows uh, when it comes to theater and uh, arts and entertainment in general, really, in, in this community, because everybody's so supportive of each other and collaborative. What do you see for your future besides getting that uh, short movie? What about uh, the acting part of it? I really want to go to acting school in Chicago, but in my little notebook that I have with me, I have these notes that I write about the renaissance of art in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And there's this little voice that, that just sticks with me that says, you know, you can, you can go out there, you can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, you have these ideas that are just going to enrich the world, but there's also this place that's building and, and you can help be a part of, of that foundation of this ever-growing love of art and the appreciation of experiences here in the city. And so I'm battling with the idea of wanting to leave or not to. Yeah. I call it an explosion. Uh, I grew up, you know, not far from here down in Rock Rapids. Uh, I'm nearing 60 and I've been coming up here since I was a kid. Uh, my first date, you know, the official one where you can actually drive a vehicle. Uh, was at the State Theater long time ago before wow. it was ever revived, yeah. <laughs> obviously. And I remember, I, I think one of the first times I ever saw a population sign, it was like 60,000. Uh, and then by the time I could drive up here on my own, it was 80. And then all of a sudden, wow, hey, you know, Sioux Falls is really growing. Uh, and now we're over 200,000. Uh, but what I've noticed is how our arts and entertainment community has grown. We've got this sidewalk, sculpt, the sculpture walk that's just amazing. Yeah. We've got this Levitt. We've got the Washington Pavilion. But that's not the extent of it. You know, those are big places. Those are big things that we can talk about. But there's all these little things, too. You know, who'd have thought that, uh, you know, 10 years ago, people would be performing a play at a book co-op? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and so many people would be playing music in bars. Now, that wasn't unusual, but they were usually bigger bars, mm -hmm. and they were usually big bands and so forth, whereas this, now it's, you know, a, a solo act or a duo, uh, and they're playing outside in the summertime in front of a bar. It's, yeah, it's incredible to watch. And I've, I've loved that uh, just so much because I, I, I've seen the city grow, but I've also seen how the culture has grown then, too. And as you step into that as, as a younger man... Um, You've already mentioned the appreciation for it. And, I, you know, of all the words that we've used, I don't know if anybody's ever said renaissance of the arts in Sioux Falls. Before. Yeah, um, it's just how I see it. Uh, there is, it, you know, it's like a it's like an embryo. It, you, you just see it forming into this beautiful creature. And everywhere, you, you know, you have Goodnight, you have Monstrous, you have the Premier Playhouse, you know, you have Corson, you have Bear Bodkins, Old Town, Broadcast, yeah, broadcast. The gals that put on a Nancy, show. Beth, and oh, they're they're incredible, <laughs> aren't they? Though, and you have so many other people that are trickling with the idea of creating another company, and mm -hmm. you know, I just say go for it because you you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, where do you want to be in that? I don't. Do you want to be one of those that's creating a new group? I don't. I don't know. I want to create stories that 
people have not experienced mm-hmm. here. Um, but I'm also like just dipping my toes in the water because I'm there's a fear aspect to it a little bit. Um, because, you know, I'm weighing on my shoulders. Do I have what it takes to be kind of in that leadership role? And I might and I might not. So, I, you know, it's just a leap of faith that you got to right. take. And the, what was it a leap of faith the first time you were on stage? The first time I was on stage, yeah. like in the community or as a whole? Uh, answer both. As Okay. So for the first time ever, you know, we were at the state one act play. I was in high school and the leap of faith was I had messed up a costume change. And so I'm out here in front of all these high school parents and teachers and students in my underwear. <laughs> that that was one of the biggest leaps of faith I've ever taken in my life. Uh, and man, just getting that leap of faith to, to just try out for Lombardi. You know, I was, I was in a rut creatively because I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I'm working constantly. I'm going home. I'm studying films, but I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing. And I, and I just want to go out there and just do something with people. All right. The, the one act, was it uh, boxers or, or briefs? Uh, briefs. Oh, man. Tidy whities even? Uh, no. Oh, okay. At least you you, you weren't... Uh, I won't even go there. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> so a leap of faith was recent for you then with Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah. Why so? Well, age compared to other actors in that? Or I guess just questioning my own abilities just mm-hmm. because... You know, I'm just fresh off of graduating. You know, I don't know if I want to just already go to Chicago or not. I don't know who's in the community because I've just been sticking with USF for the past four years. And I just did not know what was going to happen. But I knew that if I didn't do it, I would be upset. Well, you're getting uh, quite a bit of experience. Uh, (laughs) You know, you've been at uh, Premier Playhouse then, uh, but you've also been part of Monstrous Little Theater. Yep. uh, And uh, now you're down at Old Town. Every director obviously has a a different uh, way of going about things, but uh, what do you notice in terms of what you like about each of those different types of settings from a community theater to a small group that's, you know, a few years uh, under the belt and then to a dinner theater that's usually doing farces and so forth. I love variety. I love that, you know, doing Lombardi, I got Jesse Jensen, who's done the Chicago bit. He's, he's, he's trained all these people so he can really sit down and just say, hey, Ezra, it's okay for you to take these choices and to make them and bring up other choices you know, he he's one of those types of people that are, that allows actors to collaborate with Kim Bartling at Monstrous. It was she allowed me to try something that I I was very scared of doing, and that was just opening the jar a little bit for the method and, and experiencing those emotions and how I can weave that into the scarf that is rabbit hole mm-hmm. and with john down at old town it's hey man this is what i want you to do now give me some choices and then you do what you do and you make a choice here and there and he'll just start laughing uncontrollably and tell you keep it that's that's genius and the man has a great laugh too yeah it's infectious (laughs) so speaking of laughing uh any thoughts of uh you know dipping your toe into improv or stand up yeah uh, no i i've done i did improv in in college Mm -hmm. um 
I've, I've thought about it, but with a schedule like mine, yeah. oh, I don't know. I don't know because I got to I gotta find time to take a little me time, but I do not know when that'll be. Yeah. So maybe it's not a for sure yes Well, you no. know, the thing about improv uh, is the fact that you don't have to memorize anything. I know. <laughs> That's a scary thing. Because you've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. What helps you uh, in uh, memorizing and getting and running lines? Uh, I just play with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sit there, I read the play, I read the play, and then I, I look for the actions of the play and how it's a domino effect. And then I write the play. I'll write my lines, I'll write everybody else's lines, and then I'll do it again just to make sure that I have it memorized. And then if I have to write it again, I have to write it again. And then we go and do it on the stage and you know, I just organically have it ready so I can react to people. But caught in the net right now at Old Town has been the toughest play for me to memorize because everything is just bouncing around. It, it's fun. Snap, snap on the lines. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you might have three, four pages of lines and then you'll have a line in the next page. And then in two pages, you'll have one more line and then <laughs> four more lines. Of, and it's just crazy. So I'm, I'm really testing myself on, on my method of, of memorizing right now. But, you know, when you get with people outside of rehearsal and just play with it and just enjoy time and relaxing, that's my favorite time because that's when genuine choices and and uh, just connection is built. And then you see that on the stage. And that, for me, has been one of the most enjoyable times doing all these shows. Um, Josh Allen and I, that was one of the first experiences of doing that. And it was beautiful because of just seeing how his character grew in Lombardi. So yeah, just connection and writing are my two big things. That's fantastic. And uh, you've got a a long career ahead of you yet because (laughs) of your youth. (laughs) Whereas, you know, somebody like my age, uh, I talk to people about it. It's funner that funner. What a great word. Great word. (laughs) Uh, What brings you the most enjoyment of being on stage? Oh, that's a good question. It wasn't a great one, though. That was good. I mean, you gave me a great very early on, and that was way too early. Normally, it's about right. 20 minutes in you're before right. I get that's a That's an incredible question, because you're, oh you're, you're stumping oh, listen me. To you. I think it's, it's feeling the audience. They are one of the most important parts of a, of a production. And so even when they're not laughing, when they're supposed to be laughing, just... I always enjoy feeling the audience out. What can I do to lift them up or continue to lift them up? Um, or what they say afterwards, how they're feeling. That is one of the best experiences on being on the stage. So you obviously through rehearsals, um, you know, first reads, etc. cetera, you're, you're going along for weeks on end. You get to the point of being off book and you're still rehearsing and then you get to the tech and you get to the dress and so forth. Um, but what about when it's actually actual show nights? How long does it take you to get into character? Uh, not long. Cause you're, you're a, a switch flipper then. Yeah. You I, I, you know, I, I like to stay in those worlds. So I'll be at work at the Phillips Avenue diner, just doing my thing. <laughs> But in my head, I'm, I'm doing the play and I'm, right. and I'm staying in that zone of the character. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I don't really take a break. You don't? No. <laughs> um, wow, I'm just realizing that. Wow. But, yeah, no, I just I like to stay in the zone and be prepared. Particular show you want to be in or a particular character you want to play? Oh, my goodness. If I could be Willie Loman in A Death, Death of a Salesman. Wow. Whew. Yeah, that's that's like where I want to go. I, I hope that I can do that someday. I hope that I can do that at the Orpheum someday. Yeah. You know, even with a professional career, I'd come back and. I believe I was um, in seventh grade when I saw that play for the first time and it blew me away. Wow. Yeah, that, that was one of the plays in high school. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, you go to something as a, a kid at that age, you usually go into one of the community or high school musicals yeah. and so forth. And uh, maybe a fun play, but you're not seeing a heavy like that and going, ooh. There's a lot to this whole being up on stage thing, isn't there? Yeah, that was one of the plays in high school that we read in our English class that I was like, okay, I have to take a break from wanting filmmaking and I have to act because <laughs> because the way that she had structured this, the, the class was, you know, you would read the play, mm -hmm. but then she would, you know, test the water, see if people were staying interested. Of course I am, but everybody else is not. So she has to put on some Dustin Hoffman film and there I am just losing my mind and what I'm experiencing. <laughs> and so that, yeah, that was one of the tipping points right there. Willie Loman, I will be someday, I promise. Oh, I like that. That's confidence. That has to be a huge part of uh, being an entertainer, whether it's um, visual arts and uh, photography, filmmaking, being on stage as an actor, or, um, you know, uh, putting together music, being in a band. You have to have confidence. And you exude it. I try to, but... Or is that an act? It might be. <laughs> uh, you know, Sean Muller and Lynn Mock, they might say, well, actually, he, he is pretty down on himself a lot because he second guesses everything. Yeah, but isn't that everybody? Yeah. That, that's I, of a creative so. type. We don't just, you know, uh, come right out of the shoot and have a hit. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I try to stay humble on all that yeah. stuff. Um, so... I, I, I'm careful about confidence because I don't want it to be toxic ego. Well, and, and there is a, a difference between confidence and cocky. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, the more you hang around people, you can tell which one they are. Um, and I would much rather have a confident person than a cocky person. Yeah, that's me for too. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you've already uh, iterated it a few times that, boy, you do need to take a break. When you do, what what's on the agenda i dream about um, making more films <laughs> yeah uh you know i you know i go out and i experience music and comedy shows and films at the state theater and then i go home and i go to bed and i dream and then i wake up and i'll write down a sentence or you know storyline and i'll see what i can do with it if i can make it into a play or into a script of any kind so that's what i do i I just observe the world around me. and At what point in life did that start that you would wake up and start writing things down? It was in college because in an acting course, uh, our professor, Joe Obermuller, was like, go down to a coffee shop and just observe the life mm -hmm. around you. Observe how different people are, are, are sitting, talking, doing their work. What are they thinking? Like, write that down. And so then I just started doing that everywhere. It, it, it helps with building characters and 
also stories um you know uh, I love being here at the source or down at Coffea because uh, it just, there's such life yeah, at coffee true. shops. So you get plenty of stories. No doubt about that. And of course, you know, the other thing is when you do have a moment, you are at other people's shows too. Yeah, <laughs> I try to. What have you seen lately that you weren't involved in that you really enjoyed? Oh my goodness. Uh, I got to go see Improv Falls and that was a blast down in T. Yep. Um, I didn't have time to go see the psychic. I'm really kicking myself on that, but missed a good one. I, that's all I've heard. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's <laughs> tough because, you know, if I get a Friday night off from rehearsals and from work, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there reading the scripts and, and going through choices. All right. So, uh, one, one final thing, then tell us about your character in Caught in the Net. What can we expect when we see you on stage? So I play a 16-year-old, bumbling, confident, cocky idiot of a boy named Gavin <laughs> who meets this girl online and he's ready to go see her, you know, but his dad is not letting him because that is also his daughter. And so, ah. so it's just this wacky story about uh, a man trying to prevent his two families from meeting, but it is a, a hoot and a joyride. And I'm really doing big motions and, and over the top speaking, and it's just a blast. All right. Well, we look forward to that blast uh, in just a, a few weeks uh, down the line here. Thank you. Uh, in fact, I think uh, we're going to be there May 19th is the date that uh, we're going to be. All right. Yeah. Thursday. I love Thursdays. They're great. Yeah, they are. Weekend Eve. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way to head into the weekend with an opening night show or something and just uh, always have a good time. Well, it's been a great time uh, getting to know you a little bit more, Ezra, and uh, certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the Dave Folly Hour. Thank you for having me. Uh, can't wait to come back someday. I'm looking forward to it as well. And we'll be back with more in just a moment on the Dave Holly Hour. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T-South Dakota. It's another Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversation on the Dave Holly Hour. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, once again, it's a new guest to the Dave Holly Hour. But I have a feeling, just like everybody else, he's going to be somebody that will come back often <laughs> because he plays great music. Uh, Billy Lurkin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Glad to have you along. <laughs> and uh, ran into you uh, a few months back mm -hmm. uh, at Our Wine Bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize that Our Wine Bar was so massive that we didn't run into each other another time there. When we were both there... It's, it's got like, compartments, apparently. Secret rooms. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so we've had to uh, reschedule, but finally, yeah. we get we you it. on here. And, yep. uh, and then I was sitting there looking back... Uh, through some old, uh, now, you know, you don't look at photo albums anymore. No, no. I'm going back through some digital albums. Files. <laughs> yes, and and I see that uh, back, I think it was absolutely the first Vaudy's show okay. that Jenny Mack and I ever put on mm -hmm. was at Old Schools, mm -hmm. and we actually made the marquee 
Thursday, Vaudies. <laughs> Friday, Billy Larkin. Hey, there, there you we were. Shared, we shared a marquee. We shared a marquee. What Pass. a wonderful thing. It's a small world, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, it, you keep finding that out. The more yeah. you get involved with other people and uh, yep. find things that have common traits and so forth. But uh, I tell you, when I saw you down playing at R Wine mm-hmm. uh, back, that was actually before the first of the year, wasn't it? It was December. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mid December. And it was like, man, I just love this guy's <laughs> playlist. Thanks. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I, I know my age. I, I think you're a little younger than I am, but by the same token, it's like, man, you are hitting everything for my heartstrings when it comes to what I grew up listening to. I luck out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really what it is sometimes. I mean, well, you true. have you to know, have the right crowd. Yeah, I mean. and uh, I suppose because of that, uh, with that background of that particular type of playlist, mm-hmm. that you're pretty apt to playing covers for any request too, aren't you? Try to, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I joke that i don't play anything past 2000 and that's really not much of a joke it's not much of a stretch. Well, it's it's mostly you know i, I i'm not uh, all that far behind it not that i play music but <laughs> right. in terms of what i listen to and what i like and yeah. what i sing at yep. karaoke and so forth mm-hmm. uh there's rarely anything beyond 1990 oh wow you're, you're yeah. even better than i am well <laughs> you know, it's just uh, because uh you know i loved sticks i mm-hmm. loved uh boston mm-hmm. reo speedwagon oh sure bto oh, oh yeah Let that was the first one yeah. yep the not fragile eight track Eight track. Ka-chunk. Wow. <laughs> In the middle of a song, click, click. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Part that. Part A. Part B. Exactly. Oh, so frustrating. <laughs> but hey, it was portable and it was better than, it was more durable than a record album, right? True. They didn't yeah. generally break. And know. how ironic that now everybody wants to go back to vinyl. Yeah, it is ironic. Did you get rid of vinyl? I, I didn't get rid of it. I, I didn't. I, when down. I came up, it was cassettes. Okay. Sets were big. Yeah. And so, and then to CDs, obviously, yeah. and CDs were just so portable and easy to oh, know, carry yeah. around and they sounded good. So, um, but vinyl, you know, I love it and I love the sound of it, but I just don't have the money to, I'm not going to go reinvest. Don't anything. have the money or don't have the room to put all everything that really. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's kind of everything. So That's I mean, what it is for me at this yeah. point. My wife and I live in 660 square foot. A part of that is my studio. Right. <laughs> you almost so, have to put your vinyl collection on the wall as art work <laughs> well ironic you say that uh because there are two albums up in my studio uh-huh. in frames mm-hmm. one is grassroots really greatest hits because okay. that was the first lp i bought with my own money really and oh, then wow. uh, my 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 friend uh, joel shotwell mm-hmm. from js quintet yes. gave me his album on vinyl okay all right and so that's up there too nice and nice. all i'm missing now is a is an original 45 of like the beatles right yeah because i have my first cassette mm-hmm. which was tom jones really yeah. greatest hits or uh was it a catalog or was it it was it wasn't called greatest hits yeah. I, I can't think of it right off the top of my head because the uh well, the label on it is so bent and folded and everything <laughs> crumpled up over top of it. It's aged a bit. Yes, slightly. Uh, and I've got uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive, not nice. fragile. Yeah. Um, and then my first CD uh, was Frank Sinatra Reprise. Really? Yeah, I went oh, old wow. school on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, I, I don't know what the first 45 I ever would have purchased was sure right. but I grew up with it my sister is 12 years older my brother's nine years older mm-hmm. and they had 45s mm-hmm. 
mostly Beatles. Sure. Yeah. So if I can run across a Beatles 45 to right. put in the studio and then two, I've pretty well got the collection. Then. Nice. Doesn't matter which yeah. one. You just want any of them. Huh? That's right. Interesting. And you can't to put uh, digital stuff into frames, though. No, you can't. No, no it doesn't work out that well. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah. you keep your eyes off of those Beatles. I mean, you never know around town here. True. Plus, you mean, know, we went to an estate sale uh, oh, a couple weeks back that mm -hmm. probably had a, a couple hundred different 45s. Mm -hmm. that, no, no Beatles. Beatles. No, nothing that said, ah, this is the one. You know, right. Anything along that line. Do you have a top three that you like any, like a wish list or song-wise that you would put up there? Or just want any? Well, oh, Apple label, um, Capital label with the swirly yellow and uh, orange? Or, do you have a, or DECA? Or do you have any DECA. Yeah, I, I, I remember a lot of DECA 45s, yeah. yeah. ABC, okay, yeah, because that was recognizable. Was like, well, I thought they were TV, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, so if I find something like that, yeah. then I, I pretty well got that collection okay. place and so forth. So, what was your first? First forty-five. Uh, that's a toughie. I remember well because you said you came up on cassettes and, yep. and so forth. My, my parents had forty-fives, and I'm, the one I remember playing the most was Eight Days a Week. The Beatles, yeah, and it was on the Capitol was, label. Yes, and the flip side was I don't want to spoil the party. I actually like yeah. I actually like that one more than eight days. You like a week. the B, yeah, I like the B side. Um, other forty five, my mom had me Barry Manilow. <laughs> 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 uh, I, can, I can't smile without you. Weekend That's the one. In, oh okay, yeah, that one too. Weekend, Weekend in, in New England, England. Yeah, yeah, those uh, Billy Joel, uh, just the way you are. Oh, uh, flip side. Uh, I can't remember the flip side of that one, but uh, some of those first album that I remember, probably. Destroyer by Kiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted Good to join the Kiss Army. They rejected okay. me. Rejected me. I was I was devastated. I was eight years old. I even wrote it in crayon. I remember. And, I, and about a year later, they sent it to me. Returned to center. I'm like, oh, I didn't make the army. Well, that's all right. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, that'd be a great band name, wouldn't it? It, it would crayon uh, or crayon fan club. Yes, crayon. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a great one. Yeah. Crayon army. <laughs> uh, first CD was Beatles. Uh, I remember coming here actually to Best Buy in Sioux Falls and uh, getting my first CD player buying uh, Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour. So that was the first CD. Uh, and then cassette. The first one I remember getting was Pyromania by Def Leppard. So, but of course, there, I'm sure there were right, other ones yeah. in so there. So you've established you're younger that... than I am because Pyromania was, uh, let's see, junior year in college. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was in 1983 that came out, if I remember right. So, yeah. So you've got some uh, interesting my influences there. Yeah. Obviously, oh, yeah. the Beatles you went back to. Yeah. Uh, so that's got to be a big influence for you. Yes, Beatles, yeah. huge. Yes, always. Uh, so who besides Beatles uh, and those that you've already named, is there somebody that we haven't talked about that is like, you know, this was huge. Right. Well, um, a little later on, it was Dylan. A lot of Bob Dylan. Because mm -hmm. um, you know, when I first started playing, I was more on the music side. I didn't really care about lyrics at all. And then uh, I, was, I went to Moorhead State, and uh, my composition teacher tried to get me into Blood on the Tracks. And just didn't take the first time. Like, eh, you know, the lyrics are good, but I'm still more of a, you know, melody, harmony kind right. of guy. But then uh, I, I think it was... I saw him in concert at the Minnesota State Fair, and he was absolutely not good. It was, you know, he was really nasally. His band was amazing. He always has a great band. But Dylan himself wasn't that good, so I wasn't that impressed. And then the next morning, uh, the person we were staying with was playing uh, the album Desire. And I heard Hurricane and uh, Isis and those great songs. I was like, okay, I get it now. I totally understand why people are flipping out about this guy. And then I went out and uh, got the whole catalog, actually. <laughs> um, funny story there. I was, I was going to Moorhead State up in Fargo, Moorhead. And... Um, 
I uh, the uh, brand used CD stores were not the norm then. There it was still you know your chains and stuff mm -hmm. like that and your indie record stores. But the, a brand new used CD store was opening, and they made the foolish mistake of having a notebook where you could write down if you wanted anything. Well, I wrote down any Bob and Dylan. And then how to contact you? Yes, okay. and of course. After I'm sure a week that was a big cluster because how you keep track of all that, but the next day some guy came in and sold his whole dylan collection so they held it for me and i went <laughs> i was a poor college kid so i was just I, gonna I say donate college, I went, yeah i donated plasma twice a week <laughs> and i would take my 20 bucks and buy the three dylan cds i could get and then they go back <laughs> donate more plasma <laughs> yep that's how it worked they so were platinums they were plasma right. records i sold my blood for bob <laughs> so that's why i joke about that but uh, dylan was huge um and along the way i mean you, you know you pick up on and that's that's what i do now you know i I do listen to a lot of older music, and now it's a, a matter of like listening to stuff that maybe fell through the cracks. Like Laura Nero, I really like her right now, and I, and I hear the influence that she had on like Todd Rundgren, for example. And because I'm a huge Todd Rundgren fan, so you know, kind of. Well, I didn't know you were from Laverne, Minnesota. I'm not from Laverne, Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't think you were, but uh, Laverne, Minnesota is like the Todd Rundgren capital of the world. Is it really? Oh, they just I didn't know that. Him. At least you know my age, people back then. Didn't. I need to go over to. Laverne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Todd. I think he, I've seen him in concert three or four times, and he's always interesting um and i'm trying to listen to some of the stuff i haven't heard because he's he's puts out stuff all the time still but i did not know that about laverne really oh like, they're a huge top huh? he's probably never played there i bet has he i highly doubt it <laughs> i don't think he's played sioux falls so i mean he hits the big true ones. i can't think of when he I ever went there omaha lincoln minneapolis i don't think he's hit fargo i'm he hasn't even done the casinos really has no, he? no 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 he's on tour with daryl hall right now and they're doing oh man they're doing some like uh, nashville uh new york philadelphia those places i love daryl hall yeah Daryl's Darryl place? Yes, yes. Oh, great but show. His set list for this tour, he's doing a lot of solo stuff. He's only doing mm -hmm. like four or five Hall and Oates tunes. He's doing a lot of his own solo stuff. So that's interesting, I, th I thought, looking at the set list, because I love looking to see what these guys are right. doing. And, and uh, But yeah, so Rundgren is another one. Um, yeah, just listening to a lot of different stuff. I, you know, I like jazz too, I like Miles Davis, Coltrane, yeah. stuff like that, Mingus. Um, so, and, you know, anything really. I'm, I'm pretty open. I mean, what got you started in music? Uh, I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was nine years old okay. and uh, my parents were big music fans. They didn't play or anything, but my dad listened to music all the time. My mom listened to music all the time. He actually had a jukebox with old 45s. Oh. So yeah, still has it. So he'd be playing Elvis. And so I know Howie. where to get that uh, Beatles 45 now. It's only fifties though. Only fifties. Oh. Yeah. He's very strict about mm. that. Very wow. unusually strict. So it's nothing before 1960 or I'm sorry, nothing after 1960 right. in there. So no Beatles in this jukebox. Elvis. Elvis. Uh, yeah. Billy little, Lee. Little Richard. No, no, Billy Lee. No. Okay. Uh, Buddy Holly, Eddie Cochran. Oh, Buddy Holly. I would immediately take. Yep. yep. Eddie yeah. Cochran. Uh, and some kind of one hit wonders like uh, this band that, called, that, that does a song called Forever. The, I want to say it's a Little Dippers or something like that. Yeah. And that little piano thing. Um, he's got some, gosh, what else does he have in there? Uh, the Three uh, three Bells by the Browns. Uh, just, yeah, some one-off stuff. Too. All right, so they listened to music. Obviously, they were listening to recorded music mm -hmm. that had been in a studio. Mm -hmm. When you started to play guitar, mm -hmm. did the attitude change? 
Did they go, oh, why did we let him? Get, no. Get... no. They've okay. always been very encouraging. Okay, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I started out, you know, I, I don't know if you know much about Mel Bay books. Remember those? Yes. I started out with those Mel yeah. Bay books and learned how to read music. And did it was so I wasn't too annoying. I had a little acoustic guitar, a little classical mm -hmm. nylon string. So like it wasn't like I wasn't blaring anybody out of the house. But um, they were very, very encouraging the whole time. And then I got into the Beatles and, and uh, my guitar instructor ordered some Beatles music from Schmidt Music. And uh, so we would work on that a little bit. And it just really gradual you know they were never never like yeah never yeah. we regret this at all so <laughs> not no. like squeaking saxophones right, or exactly. violin strings or anything exactly yeah <laughs> I, I play trumpet too so that, i think that oh, was more annoying than the guitar that could have been, yeah <laughs> when you first start on those horned instruments whew, oh yeah they can, can be, be dangerous they're very rough no doubt about like, that why don't you go outside and play that one? <laughs> back porch neighbors and weren't like now it. we know why there were such things as garage bands exactly yeah. exactly so that, that's kind of where i said i mean i remember some of the albums my parents would listen to like that the beatles compilation called love songs which is a double compilation um some of the original beatle albums uh the rolling stones the hollies mm -hmm. love the hollies too so long cool woman in yeah Black exactly one of my favorite tunes take take a stack of records go into my room and and with a guitar and try to pick stuff out you know that's so were you self-taught in that way then a little of both okay you know, I, once i got curious uh, I, would, I would try to you know pick stuff out figure out what i could and um you know along with the actual you know notation and things like that mm -hmm. you know you kind of put it all together after a while and you hear certain you know pop music especially then wasn't that sophisticated that's why the beatles you know were so interesting because they changed a lot of things but you know if i was doing like you know old elvis that was all you know one four five easy chords you know straight through and Sean on ah that was another yeah. one because they they would cover all these 50s tunes and a lot of them were the same chord progressions and you get used to it and you start to hear it and you're like okay this is the same as this is this is this oh there's a little deviation here but and it just yeah and it just grew and grew and grew so and when did you start the singing then you know i never wanted to sing honestly i was just i just wanted to be a guitar player i didn't really start singing like i do now like you know 50 to 75 dates a year till about 10 years ago um, wow yeah it's, it was, i was a late guy I with that like, voice yeah <laughs> no serious i mean you got that timber you got yeah, that, that for, it's yeah, there I, I was never really into it i just and and wasn't really encouraged to sing much actually in high school and, and beyond so i just wanted to play guitar i wanted to you know be slash or david gilmore or whatever and <laughs> and uh it was really through just uh you know writing your own stuff and you know no you don't want anybody else to sing it so mm -hmm. i'm gonna sing it myself and, and so yeah so you're a singer songwriter yeah as well yep mm -hmm. as yep. just being a guitarist yep okay. i like the writing part the best actually okay yeah. but uh, you know when people come out and see you um, you know playing around town mm -hmm. and so forth how much of your original stuff they're gonna hear depends on the crowd okay uh, reading that room yeah this past weekend i played over at uh, severance here in sioux falls and i think i played 36 songs i think i did 10 originals so i mean just it nice just depends. Mix, yeah because yeah, i had some people there that i knew were interested in original music you know other places you don't you know like if i play cedar shore out in Oklahoma, you know it's that's a resort place they mm -hmm. want to hear they want to hear margaritaville they want to yeah. hear brown eyed girl they want to hear you know uh what's the other sweet caroline yeah <laughs> so you know all the sing-alongs yeah you have yeah. to appease them you know like early on whether if there aren't many people out there you know right away if they're still out of the water i'll i'll do some original stuff for the people that are there but it's it, it depends i don't do the same thing every night ever i mean so so what is your process when it comes to writing a song are you a I, i've i've got this uh riff in my head and then I start putting down some lyrics, just or do you get the lyrics first? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, it it, it comes 
all varieties. It just sometimes it's just a little phrase you hear and you build lyrics on. Sometimes a song title. Hey, that'd be a cool song title. And you write a song from that. Sometimes just messing around, play all this cool progression or cool melody. Like the melody. Crayon Fan Club. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just depends. I mean, it, there's no really rhyme or If reason. you end up with a gold album out of that. Crayon Fan Club, <laughs> you'll get a cut. Thank you. <laughs> no, no worries. Maybe you could design the album cover for me. <laughs> so yeah, it, it just depends. And well, that wouldn't even be done in crayon anymore. That would be <laughs> That's true, of, yeah. yeah. You'd use like paint or something, right? <laughs> I don't think anybody uses crayons anymore, but. Yeah, rarely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what, uh, in terms of the advancements of technology, mm-hmm. has it made a difference for you as a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. just as a performer in general? You know, not a lot. I'm pretty old school. I still use big speakers. Yeah. Um, I still have a, an analog mixer. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really, I know a lot of people use loopers. I've never really gotten into that. Just, mm-hmm. I, and maybe I should, but I just like, you know, I like four chords, three chords and yeah. the truth, whatever, and just do my thing. And I like the challenge of arranging something that maybe normally you don't think you could arrange. And I think, I think loopers are great, but I think they could maybe make you a little lazy, you know, too. But I, yeah. I've heard some amazing people use loopers and I'm not against them, but it's just nothing that's been in my wheelhouse quite yet. So, and yeah, I'm really old school, man. I mean, just plug in and play. <laughs> so, that's how it is <laughs> for me anyway. And I know everyone's different. And a year from now, it might change. I don't know. What do you like about the performing aspect? The reaction. Oh, and even lack of, you know. I, th- I think um, that's the best part. Like, when you saw me, I mean, I, I saw you were into it. And, I, and so you start to think, you know, people ask, do you get nervous? And I'm like, I don't get nervous about me performing i get nervous about whether what i do is going to be something that's accepted by whoever's out there and you know and a lot of times it's 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 a crapshoot because yeah. you'll you know maybe get a crowd that doesn't match what you're doing but the manager of the venue will come over i love what you do and love what you mm-hmm. do, but but him loving me doesn't pay the bills you know it's got to be the people that are there and you get them to come back each time and that's why you have to mix it up too you know you can't do the same exact thing each time or people get bored especially people who love music and truly love music they want to hear an evolution or just something yeah. different i think anyway i do as a fan you know i hate when bands play the same set list every single night i like variety i like hearing different things so well and you know the other thing and i, I tell a lot of uh, local comedians this too that um, will maybe get down on themselves about a joke didn't fly and mm-hmm. it's like doesn't mean people weren't laughing inside right yeah the other thing is um you tell that to the same crowd on a different night mm-hmm and there's going to be a different reaction. Yeah, that's true. And and yeah. I would assume that uh, not only uh, that part of it being true for you as a musician, but also the fact that you might play it just a little bit differently mm-hmm. another yeah. night too. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget words all the time. <laughs> Forcing me to change. <laughs> but yeah, and the, the other thing is, you have to also uh, reconcile that with okay, some of these people here have seen me, but some of these people here have seen me for the first time. Right. So. You have to balance that, you know, for example, I played Johnny Cash, you know, and people that have seen me expect that normally, but it gets boring. I mean, you get, you get tired of some of these songs after you play them all the time. And so you have to, okay, do I want to do Johnny Cash tonight? Do I not want to do Johnny Cash tonight? Do I want to do, and there's also the, you know, obscure covers versus originals argument, you know, because they're the same thing to a crowd that doesn't know. Would I rather play a Tom Waits song or would I rather play one of my originals because they're not going to know it either way which would I rather convey to the crowd so there's a lot of I mean 
it, it maybe doesn't sound, you know, like a struggle, but it can be. Yeah, you have to, and it, it, I remember looking at the first set lists I did here in town way back, Trey Lounge, you know where that place is? I certainly do. They used to do live Rico? music yeah. way back in the day. And that was the first gig that I remember booking here. And I, I found the set list. I'm like, boy, I was a pretty arrogant dude because I was doing stuff that nobody would know what it was. <laughs> but you don't know that, you know, until you get out there and, and, and you just think that, you know, everyone knows the same stuff that you do, whether it's obscure or not. I was doing Ian Hunter covers and I was doing my own original stuff, a Tom Waits song, uh, John Prine songs and, and not much reaction because that just wasn't that kind of crowd. You know, if I play that at a, a you know, more music friendly venue, it'd be a different deal. But for general places like that, you really have to you really have to assume that people don't know what you're going to be doing. <laughs> my favorite question of a guitarist. Mm -hmm. How many do you own? Oh boy, <laughs> I'd say probably fifteen. I would say. Wow. Yeah, I've got, but I don't. You have, might have taken the lead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might have. I've got four or five electrics, two regular acoustics, a bass, a banjo, ukulele, a couple of slides. Oh, guitars. so we're talking stringed instruments. Yeah, general yeah, Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I have, uh, and, and it's not like I have like five Telecasters or something like that. Right. I have Strat and SG, a Gretsch, um, Gibson. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. Gibson, Gibson SG, um, a Gibson, some Howard Roberts. Uh, he was a jazz guitar player. He had a model guitar. A friend of mine sold that to me really cheap. So it's just about a Seagull acoustic, yeah. uh, Taylor acoustic, Gibson acoustic. Um, so yeah, you got to just variety. <laughs> are, are you on the outlook for any other guitars? Always. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. You always got to look for, for more guitars. It's called the gear acquisition. Yeah, I'm yes. not a gearhead so much. I'm more of a music head than a gearhead. Right. But um, I'm a gearhead. Uh, are you really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Microphones, stands. Are you mixers. always on the lookout for new radio gear then? Oh yeah. Really? Oh Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you never know. And where do you look like Facebook or uh, all any over. place? Yeah, yeah I, I go to a lot of pawn Flea shops. markets, garage yeah. sales. Yeah. yeah, and you know what the toughest thing to find right now is? What's that? A workable mini CD and radio player for in the three-season room. Really? Yes. For under like 50 bucks. Like a boombox type thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm it's sure. It's horrible. That's amazing. Because you think that that wouldn't be a, a spe And you would think that they would be down under 50 by now, but... No, uh, really? it, it's awful. You, you find one under that price, you get it home, something doesn't work. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, and so that's no good. <laughs> we'll be on the lookout. We've got, we got to watch, for, okay, for that and for Beatle Records for you. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> right. I'll keep my eyes peeled, too, because, you know, I, I live in Mitchell, so we got different stuff that's, over there. That's true, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some, got some good pawn shops over there? Uh, there's one good pawn shop, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, definitely. I'll have to make a trip over there, you yeah. know, because... After all, the world's only corn palace is over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not going to find boom boxes or beetle records, but you will find lots of corn paraphernalia. <laughs> oh, I can imagine so, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, so uh, over in Mitchell, uh, what's what's the big hit for you if you go out and play a local bar there? Uh, I do the best probably at uh, in terms of attendance-wise, a uh, couple places, the VFW or the Depot. Uh, VFW okay. is more of a bar. Right. Depot is more of a restaurant. So just depending. Good uh, food at the Depot. I've, I yes. have, I've eaten there before. They have great, and yeah. they treat me really well. I really uh, appreciate that. That's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> uh, they're having their actually uh, 30th anniversary in June. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'll be playing for, for that, for those guys. And So uh, how often are you uh, booked for gigs now? How often? Yeah, like, you know, three, four times a month? or Oh, uh, I think it's uh, probably twice a week until October right now. Wow. At least twice a week, yeah. Good for you. Yep, yep. I went out. Uh, 
because what happened it's a cycle uh usually by you know october i'm like okay i can be done with this for a little while but then by about december one i'm getting itchy again yeah and so this year i was in minnesota visiting relatives and i got all my venue lists out and i started okay i'm booking for the upcoming year and got probably about 50 percent filled by mid-january and then just keep adding stuff to mm -hmm. it so yeah but if somebody says hey you know dave this uh, billy lurkin guy that was on your uh, show how do we get a hold of him <laughs> right uh facebook is the best way probably just billy lurkin uh, l-u-r-k-e-n and uh yeah just let me know and See what happens. Yeah. That's, well, we wish you the best uh, down good, the road. But in the meantime, I always uh, like to ask a couple of questions. Uh, question one, sometimes uh, during that answer, question number two has to fall by the wayside. But okay. uh, when you are not part of the entertainment scene, then mm -hmm. what do you like to be entertained by? Oh, I like to go to shows. I like to go to concerts. Uh, I like I like I like going to sport events actually baseball basketball football I like to do that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um i do like to sit, sit down and read go to movies go out do stuff anything really yeah. i love coming over here because there's always something going on over here i'm true mean, always find something whether it's music whether it's you know, we went to music trivia the other night at one place here in town it was that was a lot of fun well so. you know speaking of trivia uh every tuesday night at chasers there's this really great guy that hosts <laughs> trivia there really yes okay yeah what's his name uh he'd have the same initials that i do <laughs> In fact, oh, wait a minute. I should mention the Dave Holly Hour is the presenter of okay. said trivia. I thought you could say Don Ho or something. <laughs> Tiny bubbles. I don't think he's with us anymore. Rest his soul. Oh, yeah. So Chasers every Tuesday. Chasers every Tuesday. And, you know, uh, from where we are right now uh, at mm -hmm. the source yep. in downtown Sioux Falls, Chasers is about halfway out to Mitchell. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> far thing. edge, far oh, western side. Outside. Yeah, I know where that yes. is. Okay, on West Twelfth. Yes, I know exactly where that yeah. is because we sometimes take Twelfth coming into town when we don't want to hit the construction on that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. All right, so we we did uh, answer number Question one, one yep. and there was some of it that might be part of number two. Then, okay. but uh, what about other hobbies? Oh, um, I you know I love listening to. I, I'm a radio guy, so I love listening to old radio stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I listen to. Casey Kasem every Saturday that Marshall Minnesota oh, yeah. is it Marshall yep uh, KQAD KQ. they broadcast a 70s oh, show oh that's Laverne that Laverne yeah. okay yeah. KQAD. KQAD I, I that's worked right. there did you really yes no way yeah. that's amazing so you worked with is it Bruce was he there Bruce for T Bruce Talibur yeah no. uh, I know, I know T ago. yeah he did I love that Ron station Ron Cody yes yeah. yes okay uh, all of those guys I listen to that uh, usually I'm pretty faithfully every Saturday because they do a 70s countdown yeah. from 10 to 1 um, I like listening to old radio uh air checks online i like watching live videos just all kinds of most you haven't of found music. any of my old air checks out there have you no are they out don't there? look I'm, I'm i'm gonna look <laughs> do you have any real air checks i don't think no i don't you don't because back in those days you know you got canned by a station you were out the door you really didn't have time to take oh, any tapes with sure, you right yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense you have to have something, though, you would think. Well, now I have 120-some uh, podcast episodes right. online. I would love to hear you on the air back <laughs> in the day. That was, so where was your first station you worked at then? Was it KQAD? Uh, actually, yes. Yeah? yeah. Um, I, I did a little bit of part-time there. And then my between the uh, freshman and sophomore year of college, mm -hmm. I interned at KSCJ in Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, wow. Learning okay. the news biz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, God Squad, as I called it, I had to do Sunday mornings. And, oh, and during the middle of that, yeah, <laughs> from because I was on from six until noon. Mm -hmm. At ten o'clock, Eddie Washinowski 
better known to the old peoples of many a VFW as Eddie Skeets <laughs> okay. would come in and play polka. Oh, my god. Now, a 45 is easy to cue. Yeah. Backspin, get sure. it at the right yeah. spot. Three quarter turn, yeah. But when you've got polka albums that have 17 songs on a side and he wants to play number 13. Those grooves are small. They're small, <laughs> and the songs are only about a minute and a half long. Oh. So that means your next one that he wants number fourteen oh, on over on the next no. one. Yeah, so it was it was quite the ordeal. What a mess! <laughs> so that was on Sunday mornings. Yeah, and uh, on Sunday mornings. But then uh, first uh, actual full time out of college was at uh, KFKA in Greeley, Colorado. Oh wow! Which was the um, the host station mm -hmm. for Denver Bronco training camp back then because the Broncos used to host their training camp sure. uh, in Greeley at okay. University of Northern Colorado. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's a cool town, isn't it, Greeley? They yes, have a really it good is. jazz program there, don't the UNC? Very much so. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of those guys in, before. In fact, uh, there are some uh, people, some good friends uh, that uh, have been to UNC okay. and uh, gone through graduate programs here. Nice. And so forth. Excellent. But, yeah. Very cool. Do you miss doing commercial radio at all? Uh, no, because of what it's become. Oh, tell, yeah. yeah. I, no. I miss old radio. a whole radio. other episode, really. <laughs> in, in fact, uh, you know, one of my other jobs was uh, I was at uh, KBRK in Brookings. Okay. Um, and was the program director of the AM the last uh, three years that I was there. Mm -hmm. And the tagline that I came up with for it, I called it traditional radio today. Because we did, you know, first of all, the, the playlist yeah. was standards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, it was an old-fashioned AM. Okay. That you had the little town newses sure. and so forth, and you had all the Funeral that. announcements. Yes. Yeah, the launch you know, menus. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and while it was a, a bugger to do, mm -hmm. it was true. Yeah, yeah. And, Traditional radio. That's what it was. And that's what it was. And Amazing. I loved it, and I, I missed that part of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, now... Well, in, in fact, I, I don't have the solid statistics on it. I've, I've looked it up, and I'm pretty close in my analogy that uh, the first time that I ever opened a microphone, I was a uh, senior in high school, mm -hmm. September 17th of 1980. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I read the Central Lion School News, uh -huh. and I was the only person ever to do it live. It was a speech class deal, sure. and it was always taped. But I wanted to go into radio, uh -huh. so I volunteered to do it live, and wow. I did that. Yeah. At that time... There were about one-fifth the number of stations that there are now, mm -hmm. but there were five times as many announcers. Sure, yeah. yeah. Now well, it's voice track. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the job pool is, is not getting any better for radio. So. No. And, and, you know, overnights used to be how you train to get better. Exactly. You know, and you don't have that anymore. Nope. So it's, yeah, yeah. You, got, you know, four guys working at a, a station or a, a cluster of four stations right. tracking each, you know, it's just, it's not... You know, because I work in radio still, yeah. you know, and it's just not fun like it used yeah. to be. You know, you, you watch the old WKRP shows or anything oh. on like the radio, and it was a fun <laughs> deal, but <laughs> now yeah. it's not like that Hit, at all. Hitting the soft spot. <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff, and it, yeah, it's not like that at all anymore. Chai Chai Rodriguez played 400 bar. <laughs> Hopefully next week he can play up to bar. Look at you. <laughs> he, he quoted. That's great. So, yeah, anyway, we got off on a, tra on a tangent there, but yeah, radio. That's uh, okay. Yeah, that's, it's a podcast. We can do that. We can do that, yes, yes, without constraints from the radio. Yeah, yeah. but I, I do like listening to old radio stuff still. I mean, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s stuff, you know, before that got to, you know, I like to listen to like old John Records, Landecker, Air Checks, and Larry mm -hmm. Lujak, WLS in Chicago. Yep. Yeah, I like to listen to Tune that, that in on an old radio. Yeah. Ford. 500, you know. Oh, sure. And that's like 30 states. And yeah. You, know, you can't. You could, no. Actually, like 36 states. Yeah. He had almost everything in America. And, and that, 
his ratings were just they, they said he would have been the top jock in america yeah. by far because they were clear channel so they got to raise their antenna after dark and yeah you know, just very cool so that kind of stuff i, I really enjoy doing that too so, yeah all right awesome this is a nice time it's a great time thank you so much and the glad it was definitely worth all the rescheduling we went through Def i knew it would be i did too all right billy Thanks, Lurkin, thank you so you. much appreciate it and we'll Thanks. be back in just a moment Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at Excel Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or exochiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. Excel Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. With him, every day is a holiday. Once again, here is Dave Holly. Welcome back, everybody. Extra special time because I get to say hello to an old friend. And uh, no, I didn't mean it in terms of an age <laughs> thing, although I think he might be my senior by a couple. It's unusual for me to have a senior on this show. Uh, but uh, anyway... Uh, we used to work together, and uh, now he's taken the life of ease. He, he keeps wanting to retire, and he just can't seem to. His name is Link Wiley, and we're going to talk about his venture now into the entertainment world. How are you, Link? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank great you to have for you. having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, we do need to get going because the home closes soon, and uh, I don't want to get locked out. So, oh, yeah. so I don't just have you here to talk about a little business venture you have. Now you're doing stand up. Yeah, well, is that what you're telling me? Well, I'm a little too lazy to do stand up, so I do more of a sit down kind of well, thing. Well, see, yeah, I I did that line. Oh, did you I did? tell you that uh, I started doing a little bit of stand up last year? Right. Um, just to help out a friend who was running an open mic. I had been thinking about it for a while. And so I finally uh, delved into it. I've done it maybe half a dozen times now. And I, so I said, I know what you're all thinking out there. Dave, and at that time I was 58. 58 is not the age to start a stand-up career. I said, you're right. And I'd pull out a stool. So I'm starting a sit-down career. <laughs> and do a lot of age jokes and so forth. Especially about, you know, how when I was, uh, the age that I am now is the age that my dad was when I was in college. And we'd go to different events and so forth. And, you know, if, if it were a sporting event, halftime would come along. We'd, you know, go to the restrooms. And I'd go in the restroom. I'd come back out. And I'd keep looking at my watch and keep looking at my watch. And I'm sitting there thinking, how can it take Dad that long to go to the can? Now that I'm that age, I'm going, how is Dad able to go to the can in only five minutes? <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, oh, it's great. Ran into you. you a while back. You would yes. come out to a trivia. Yes, which and I strongly recommend. It is such a good time, even though I'm still a little upset about getting fourth. But uh, well, yes. you haven't been back. <laughs> and I know there's one you could have placed third in for sure. <laughs> Why? Is there only two people there? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've actually been having uh, very nice crowds out at the Chasers. Every Tuesday night, it's a Trivia Tuesday out at Chasers. Uh, in fact, um, I, I think you should be there tomorrow night. We're recording this on a, on a Monday, even though there's our show, the podcast, comes out on Thursdays. Uh, but, uh, Link, I, I just have the feeling you might do well at the next one. 
Well, then maybe we'll be there. Last week, I will say it was my wife's birthday. So okay, yes, and I did try and talk her into going out there, <laughs> <laughs> but instead I grilled steak. So oh, good man, <laughs> good man. All right, fun time photos. Yes, you've ventured out beyond regular business. And the nine to five or eight to five or whatever hours your your cushy new job has, and you just decided, what the heck, huh? I I might as well have something else to do. Well, you know, it, it's funny because how this whole thing started a few years ago. Our nephew got married, and they had this photo booth, and I'm more the age of the old Polaroid that you know the picture came out and you shook, shook it, it yeah, yeah, and I was like, what the heck is this? And we had such a good time. And so our daughter's getting married next year, and she wanted one of these. So I looked into the cost, and I was like, hoy vey. (laughs) You know, how much does one cost just to buy one? And so we looked into it. Next thing no, we own a photo booth, and we're renting it out for graduations, corporate events, weddings, and it's so much fun because everybody likes getting in front, make stupid pictures and photos and putting on hats and, oh, it's such a great time. All right, so how does the format of of the particular booth that you have work? Are you going to get a strip of them or is it going to be individual? Uh, Well, the the answer is yes. So when we meet with somebody, they have a choice. Okay, do you want one pose, two poses, three poses, four poses? How do you want it? Do you want a postcard or do you want a strip? And so it's up to the host how they want their pictures. And then that's what we set up. And then we work with them to get a theme if they have a color. uh, We do what are called templates, kind of like frames around the pictures uh, and we personalize it so for somebody's wedding you'll say their name or uh, like I'm doing my company and we'll have their logo on there Mm -hmm. so we really customize it for that people or the group of people Excellent. I love it. You know, it's funny because uh, this morning um, I was in getting my back cracked. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. I was getting a chiropractic adjustment. Uh, And he knows that Monday is my day to interview folks. And I was telling him that uh, I was going to interview an old friend that is now up in the uh, photo booth business. He says, photo booth? I didn't know they were still around. I said, you know, it's funny. I said, they're making a resurgent. That's it's just that it's more of somebody's renting them or having somebody come in for an event, aren't they? Well, yeah, they really have come back, and and these aren't the typical or going back to the mall, those pictures. This is an actual, it's a mirror. And so the people, it's five feet tall mirror, and it's interactive, so it'll count down. It tells you when to, when to take, uh, it's going to take the picture, and it'll say three, two, one, and say cheese, and you're on fire and uh <laughs> so it's a beautiful mirror and it's a really cool concept there's a 35 millimeter camera so the quality of the photo is way above anything else even the ipads that uh, use those cameras uh, so it's 
a high quality picture that comes out right then and there. Okay. So it's not an enclosed booth. Mm -hmm. There are some of those around. Uh, I don't like those or don't have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know so, I've been to a, a few weddings where, you know, they've had a photographer that has, you know, the props and, and right. so forth. And you stand in front yes. of the screen and then uh, the uh, people that got married can post that. And then you've got the opportunity to buy from uh, that photographer then. But this is uh, somebody's renting it. And so everybody at the party is going to have a good time. Everybody at the party is going to have a good time. And everybody gets a picture and, and they get it right then and there on the spot. They take the picture. And when they're done, as they walk out the booth, it's printing. And if there's two people in there, we do two pictures, three, four. It doesn't matter how many are mm -hmm. in there. We print out a copy for everybody. And so they leave your event with their own souvenir. And we, honest to goodness, we have from four years ago from my nephew's wedding, if it was two or three, sorry, Ty. Uh, <laughs> but we still have the pictures that we took from that uh, photo booth. And so it's something that we have kept all these years and so we still have our memory and our uh souvenir from their wedding so what size photo do we get uh, well it depends on if what the host or hostess wants you either get like a four by six okay so or, pretty typical yes typical picture or if they chose to go with strips then it's a two by three strips that there's two, three, four different pictures mm -hmm. on there. So all right, uh, it's uh, up all, to whatever they choose. That's what everybody will get. All vertical format? You can go vertical. You can, you go, can go horizontal. You can go horizontal, okay. yeah. And so how many people can you fit in the booth? It's not a booth. It's not so an actual booth. So it's still just this mirror. It depends on how to? close you are to each other. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the more some people, families it might need to be in another state. Some some <laughs> families one. You know, it's uh, other families uh, twelve or fourteen. If if you can squeeze in and uh, some are down sitting on the floor, there's really no limit. Uh, to how many you can get in there. All right. So do you just have one of these at this point? We do. Just uh, the one at this time. And uh, Is that uh, said with uh, anticipation of others? Well, I, I, you know what? It's like at my age, I, I don't buy green bananas. Uh, so I don't know what's uh, the mm -hmm. future. We really have such a good time that who knows what's going to happen? So, so uh, you and your wife go out on these? We then? do, you, okay. we do, yeah. And uh, we have some daughters in town that uh, they have helped and will help. And uh, I don't pay them. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure you cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's a family thing, uh, and we're we're just like the people renting. We just, mm -hmm. we're just down to folk. Well, I mean, you've known me a while and uh, just down to earth people that try to have fun and we want to make it economically 
possible for everybody to to have one of these things. Yeah, this is excellent. Yeah. I love it. And uh, you know, and it is the, the type of thing too that uh, maybe not a traditional quote unquote entertainment venue right. or uh, entertainment uh, act and so forth, but still it's entertaining. People have a good time uh, when they uh, do these and so forth. And it's uh, creative. And I, I just love the fact that we have that availability now. It's uh, it is such a creative thing. And I'll tell you, it's one of those where people say fun for all ages. We took it to an assisted living home. And these people, I mean, they're older than I am, and which is saying something. And they had so much fun. You would see these 80 and 90-year-old people putting on these boas and wearing hats and funny glasses and just laughing. It, it was such a great experience. What are you getting besides uh, responses like this, but uh, in terms of the people that are uh, renting this uh, from you? What types of things are people saying? Oh, that a lot of them have never seen it before. And so that's always such a cool experience. And to see that you look in front of this mirror, that's it's a beautiful mirror. And all of a sudden, and you're wearing funny hats, you can't help but laugh. <laughs> you, you can't. And the only problem is, no kidding, your jaw gets tired from smiling and laughing for hours, but they just are so excited. And most of the time when you go to, to a wedding, the only thing you're going to do is maybe dance. And you sit there and you're, I don't want to say you're bored, but, you know, you're talking to some people, but this gets everybody involved. And if you want to take a serious, you know, family portrait almost, the quality is good enough you can right but so it you, doesn't have to be it, that it doesn't have to be it can be as fun or as, as serious as you want and the people are just amazed at how the picture comes out so good so quickly and they have their own souvenir to take home it's yeah wonderful. that's fantastic yeah how do people get in touch with you if they want to have this well um, we have a website funtime photos and that's uh, with all Fs, so it's F-U-N-F-O-T-O-S, plural. Uh, one, oh, I forgot, I forgot the, the time. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe they don't get a hold of me. So it's, yeah, fun time photos, but we spelled the photos with an F instead of P-H. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can Instagram too, aren't you? Inst Instagram, which... I'll be honest, I'm kind of learning about, so yeah. if you contact yes. me and I don't get back to you, it's lack of uh, talent and expertise on the Instagram, <laughs> uh, so I'm working on that. But uh, you can call me at 605-251-5343. Uh, uh, or like I said, our our website. And, yeah. Uh, we're on the dot. Uh, we're on... Uh, the wedding wires so yeah I, I would assume that you're headed into a, a very nice season for this venture then aren't you we really are and uh so it's very exciting to to do the weddings and and to be part of uh such a special day for somebody and uh we don't want to detract we just want to add to their special day mm -hmm. uh, make it about them 
and like I've said, give everybody at the wedding uh, an experience and a souvenir that they can leave with and a memory besides uh, the wedding. Yeah. Graduation parties? Graduation. I, I suppose it's pretty well endless, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it really is. Birthday parties, retirements. There's If you're getting together with a group of friends, then, hey, we're there for you. Excellent. With, without breaking yeah. your bank. Uh, so yeah. what made you, uh, you uh, talked about uh, the, it was a nephew's wedding, correct? Yes. you've been to. Yep. And then your daughter wanted to get married and saying, hey, we should have this. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of is what uh, spurred it. But uh, what was the final decision where you went, yeah, let's do it. Let's make a jump. Well, you know, I guess the, the final thing was, you know what? We had so much fun. And... It was such a great experience. And when we, with our daughter getting married, we just couldn't see spending the amount of money that <laughs> companies were charging for this thing. And we just didn't think it was right. And I'm sure there's a lot of great companies and they do great work. We're not the only one in town, so I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But we want... And I'm just a middle-class guy, and we just want people that everybody can afford it. It should be something just if you're rich that you get to experience right. this. One, you know, the, the working-class guy. And so we said, hey, this is something as a family that we can do together, have fun, and help people have a good time. I mean, golly. What, what's the uh, budget on all the props you've bought for it, though? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to hit every season, I'm sure. You, uh, you do. You and, know, and it's amazing. Valentine's Day, St. Pat's Day, Easter. <laughs> you got yeah. the whole works. And, and so, <laughs> I tell you what, there's a lot of money tied up in props. <laughs> and, and also backdrops because you have background when you... When you go, so you try and get different colors. Uh, you have to get a website. We're licensed. We're insured. And so you got to get all that. And so there's a lot of things. When we sat down, we thought of every single thing that could possibly we need to buy. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're way off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I All mean, the incidentals. The, the, you know, look at I'm on, I'm on Facebook more than I never even had Facebook. I'll be honest. <laughs> and now, and you're looking at props, and it's like, oh my gosh, we need this prop. We need this prop, and you know, we're we're uh, doing a, a Kin Sierra soon, and so uh, we're excited about that. And uh, down in Texas, where I lived for quite a while, where my wife is from. Uh, it's a big thing down there, and I don't know if it's a big thing up here, but this is a special day for for this girl. And so we really were buying special props just for her. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of money, and it never ends because there's, 
you find out how many different holidays you don't know how many holidays oh, until <laughs> then you own a photo booth and it's like oh geez how, how have we lived without 27 green hats in our life you know <laughs> so you've had uh, quite the investment uh, as well in um Rubbermaid? We, you know, we have invested a lot of money in, uh, but it's, it is an investment. You know, it's, it is a business. So you're, you're trying to make money, uh, but it's such a good business that we don't have to get all of our money back this week. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we're in it for the long haul and, uh, if it takes us a year or two, well, then so be it. All right. Well, I'm sure that there will be plenty of uh, events headed your way. Well, I hope so. I know somebody having a 60th birthday this year. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've now ventured your way into entertainment now, Link. So yes. uh, when you're not uh, providing this, what do you like to be inter inter uh, entertained by? Excuse me. Oh, comedy. I like comedy. I like uh people that are that are funny that and i think one of the great things about comedy i think to be a good comic you have to be intelligent and so then just having a conversation with people people like that i'm a huge as you know huge mm -hmm. sports fan yeah uh we've uh, been to a hockey game and together and baseball will be yeah. coming up uh so sports are this a big thing growing up all my life is sports. Uh, so it doesn't take a lot when I grew up in a town about 1900 people with three TV channels. So it doesn't take a lot to entertain me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so be, besides this now uh, uh, venture into fun photos, um, any hobbies? Or those had to go by the wayside. <laughs> yeah, my now a hobby is finding new props and <laughs> trying to figure out Instagram and Facebook. Yes. <laughs> uh, reading, big reader, okay. trivia, and again, yeah. come out tomorrow night, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh yeah. Well, it'll be after this, I guess. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> come on out, great time. Dave does a great job with the trivia. I love trivia. I'm very competitive. So, uh, testing my wits with other people is, is a great time. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, and look forward night. to the success of Fun Photos. Uh, fun Time Photos. Fun Time Photos. Yes. Fun with an F. Photos also with an F. Yes. Instead of a PH. Without the PH, and we did get the time in there. So, yes, yeah. Fun Time Photos. All right. Appreciate All right. it, my friend. Oh, Good to see you. Great seeing you again, Dave. Thanks. And we'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks again to my great guests, Link White, Billy Lurkin, and Ezra Hunter 
thanks to the great folks at The Source Coffee Shop, where we recorded all of this week's conversations while our wine bar and kitchen did some handiwork. Thank you, social media creatures, and those of you that keep adding to the number of followers on Facebook. We had a great past week and even better past two weeks in the downloads category. Don't forget... You can learn more about the show as well as listen to all 126 episodes online at www.davehollyhour.com where you can contribute to the show by buying me a cup of coffee. Follow us as always on Twitter and Instagram as well. As for this weekend, I know that, uh, you know, tonight we're going to the Good Night Theater Collective's Into the Woods. Always look forward to their productions. And we're going to support one of the great downtown restaurants, Minerva's, beforehand. So it's going to be a great night for that. Tomorrow night, then, on Friday night, uh, we're actually going to a high school play. We're going over to West Central. Going to be in Hartford. Our dear friend, Miss Melissa's, uh, she has a niece that is participating at that. So we're looking forward to that. And then Saturday night, Really looking forward to being able to sing some karaoke, but not at the usual haunts. It's part of the reception for Aaron Sharp and Emily Dykstra. They're tying the knot on Saturday, and the reception's getting underway at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. It says it ends at 11. It didn't say whether that was p.m. or 11 a.m. Sunday. All right. Have a fun weekend, everybody, and a great week ahead of you as well. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, you can't have heart without art. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by the Sky Lounge and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, and Jesse Moffat Entertainment. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, go to DaveHollyHour.com. At the bottom of the front page is the additional links section. Click on the orange button, Dave Holly on Linktree. You can order merchandise, become a Dave Holly Hour VIP, and make contributions to the show. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.